bitch. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. Hello everyone, what is up? It is me, Ewan, and welcome to a new installment of the Wheel of Dad Movies podcast. This week I am joined by a very special guest to go over one of those dad movies that I can't seem to vibe with. I can't believe this, Ewan. Please welcome Scott Tailford. Hello, you're also joined by my chair noises. I'm trying to get it to shut up. That's okay, I've got a bit of the old creak. A bit of the old creaks, a bit of the old anger. It's the amount of people having a go that you don't like demolition, man. Oh, right. Okay, well, <laughs> just so people are aware, Scott used to work with me at What Culture. Yes. He's the ga- the number one gamer boy there. Um, and he's he's the best lad. And <laughs> we're, bringing, <laughs> we're bringing Demolition Man to you this week because yeah. this is a film that I feel like we would just occasionally talk about and you'd go, oh, Demolition Man, it's great, isn't it? And I'd go... <laughs> yeah. And it's annoying because Demolition Man, Scott, mm. is a movie that... I have wanted to love. Okay. I have wanted to embrace this because I was amazed you didn't like it. I was texting you last night going, oh, "I'm doing the rewatch," and you were saying you couldn't get it. It's it's annoying because I feel like the whole world loves this movie, uh-huh. um, and and even though I love Sly, I lo- I think like I can barely th- I'd be hard pressed to name you a Sly movie that I dislike, and then mm. Demolition Man comes up and like Rocky Five. And even oh. then, Rocky Five has oh, to- Tommy the Machine Gun. Um, <laughs> Put so... a Demolition Man on the same level of, as Rocky Five. That's a, well, that's yeah. A shot. This is this is your job this week, Scott. Is that <laughs> you need to you need to convince me of Demolition Man's greatness because I think there mm. are good things, but also some some not good things. There, but, there are yeah. parts of it that are like massively outdated. Just if you want some random full on racism, there's a bit of that mm. in one of the opening museum bits. So that's that's obviously the worst part I, off the top of my head. But I feel like one of the things that I love about it is just I love their commitment to the goofy depiction of the future that I think it was 1986 this was made in? 1980 something. No, this was no? 1993, mate. This is 1993. Although it's interesting well, that you say that because people have talked about it as being like this 80s action hangover. Mm. Which so I guess I like, could, it's kind of like, yeah. A, yeah, like it is like a hangover from like taking the, that's the, that's what I was going to say is I like the idea of it being this sort of 80s trope fest that is just super campy, super over the top, super like, you know, the world's going to get carried away and be too fluffy and nice with all these action heroes and we need Sly Stallone to come in there and eat a rat burger and tell everybody that the, the harshness is never <laughs> going to go fair, away. Mate, that rat burger looked pretty tasty. <laughs> I've got a rat that's terrorizing my garden at the minute, you know. And hey, I you chase I'd... him with a fork and knife, mate. You get him, you get <laughs> like, him told. Wily Coyote. <laughs> One, a bun patty in each hand, and just try and, and get it at the right time. But yeah, um, before we get fully into Demolition Man, Scott, yes. I need to ask you, um, what to you is a dad movie? Oh man, it's it's a very I think I we we said this I think when you were uh, starting this channel the idea of like the um yeah like the qualities that make a dad movie some of it's direct some of it's literally just movies that were on TV twenty times a week that were just <laughs> <laughs> you get to a certain point in the night maybe your dad's had a bowl of nuts after his tea or something he's having something <laughs> but he's having nuts. I don't know if your dad did the dry snacks thing but my dad would oh have, yeah it would dad, be yeah. like it would be like just crisps yeah, or yeah, like yeah. uh like popcorn or maybe like some like you know the onion ring crisps that you would get <laughs> proper smelly snacks that yes. would not be permitted during the day but you know for the second slot in film four at 11 mm. o'clock on a friday when you're looking at john claude van damme like <laughs> chopping fools up then then it becomes acceptable yeah it's like the two like culinary expertise areas for a for a father are like the sunday roast and like preparing the bowl of nuts if like at a certain time of night there's a nut certain bowl. calling yeah nut bowl it's like half past nine ten o'clock they they get up they bolt upright mancurian candidate style and walk to the kitchen make the bowl thing and then whatever movie is on that's a dad movie because only a certain type of movie is on at that time of night it's usually an action movie usually it's got tommy lee jones in um, or maybe someone else but it tends to, <laughs> tends to be an action movie that is just easily digestible and they tend to reiterate the plot every 20 minutes because it doesn't matter when you come in but you'll watch it through to the end that's mm. my dad movie yeah okay and uh, demolition <laughs> man is this is this like a is this a staple for you is like this is this thing that you would like it was on a hell of a lot. I mean, the, the thing is, I think the ultimate dad movie is like U.S. Marshals of the Fugitive. I think you've already US, done them. No, I haven't. But such such good shouts, by the way, because like the Fugitive, absolutely, but U.S. Marshals in particular, mm. because it is a forgotten sequel that would always be on TV yeah. more because it's probably cheaper a show. I'm guessing <laughs> um, that that definitely fits that. Brand yeah, man, I did that. Those things were just on all the time, and I just, like I said, I don't know why I, my mind goes to like Tommy Lee Jones, but it's just, I feel like he was in the right caliber 
of movie. He was always like the slightly older, angry dude telling someone what needs to happen. It's those kind of movies. I don't park it. <laughs> you just even growl his way through any line. Um, Demolition Man, I feel, was just one of those ones that because of the action, because of how much they commit to just how stupid the, the vision of the future is. When we were in the 2000s, when you were fresh from the Millennium Bug stuff, it wasn't like, oh, this can happen. But it was like, I wonder what the future will be. And then that idea of like, but we'll always have action movies and we'll always have action heroes and these anchor points that can still be shown in this ridiculously goofy future. Um, I love, like I said, I love how much they commit to the commit to the bit, as comedians mm. would say. I love that stuff. And the fact that Schwarzenegger was president at one point, the fact that the franchise wars happened, the fact that Taco <laughs> Bell won. But then even in real life, Pizza Hut won because they, they, they redubbed the movie to put Pizza Hut in it. Which yeah. is hilarious. Well, I had I had Taco Bell in my viewing on, mm. on Tuesday. Oh. I know I know it was redubbed for most European releases. For, I watched the Taco be Bell version because I'm an OG. Yeah, yeah, OG Taco Bell, uh, <laughs> ride or die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> La Familia, you've got to get it in. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's 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 interesting that you mentioned that because like of all the the Stallone movies that came up for me in like my my go to dad moviness. Mm. Um, Obviously, you have the OG Rambo. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can lose the sequels. I don't really care about them. Oh, uh, obviously, the one, the one that's just called Rambo is brilliant. Oh, to be fair, yeah, the, the 2008 Rambos. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like the first one is the one that has the substance in it. Yes, you know, it's yes. got the actual the the the, the, the flavor. The yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then <laughs> the rap burger. And then like you have the Rockies, which are obviously like go to like oh, I'm gonna go up and do a marathon tomorrow, and then you'll wake <laughs> up and go. <laughs> Actually, there's like there's a like weird quality because like yeah like rocky's a go-to dad movie but there's something about like a certain caliber of dad movie that has like a reputation where like the the, the dad in question will say oh, i've already seen that it doesn't matter whereas like something that's a bit more digestible <laughs> that they've forgotten they've seen like u.s marshals that you can put on ad infinitum and just sit through it again i feel like it's something like a rocky has a certain level of panache that they'll, yeah. they'll recall too much of it that they can't watch uh, it again. yeah there's a certain fair, level rocky, of forgetfulness to no no one's no one's uh switching off or denying rocky four rocky no. four is is oh. being is going into everyone's house. I, I know this is, this, is, this is the place where we can talk about all things dad movie. I uh-huh. tried to watch the uh, director's cut of uh, Rocky Four. I haven't they, seen it yet. I, it might, I, as much as it reviewed really well and everyone was like, oh, it saves a bad movie. I was like, well, one, Rocky well, Four is brilliant. Exactly. So what are you talking about? <laughs> what, what world are we in? And then two, the idea was the, the director's cut. I forget what they call it. It's like, um, I think it's just called Rocky versus Drago and then colon the Rocky Four director's cut. But um, it was like, oh, it's more serious and it's more, it's more well paced. And, and I'm watching it, I was like, no, it's not. It's not even remotely. Did they get they get rid of Paulie's um, robot. They get rid of the robot. They? Yeah, that's what, that's that. I'm, I I was so <laughs> angry on Josh Brown's behalf when they did that. <laughs> they try, yeah, they try like make it more serious. They try make it more grounded, which um, kind of works and kind of doesn't. There's a lot of like really really quick inserts of like we had no way to make this scene go here, but here's someone's face turning during a fight, and then we'll go somewhere else. The Rogue it's, One uh, treatment. <laughs> it's yeah, it's exactly. It's not. Um, it's not great. I know it's got nothing to do with what we're talking about, but let no, let, no, let this is all. This, every, anything goes. This is, <laughs> this is what what I was saying is like with Sliced Alone, like he is a dad movie staple for me. Yeah. Um. But like of all the, the his like nineties era is quite like get a bit of a dip. But mm. like I think of stuff like Cliffhanger, which I don't mm. know if you've seen before. I've actually never seen Cliffhanger. Oh, I mate. I was in first school. Cliffhanger is <laughs> brilliant. I would fully recommend Cliffhanger. But okay. Demolition Man was one that kind of eluded me, and then um. I watched it when I was like, you know, like when I was doing my big movies era when dad was showing mm. me everything, like mm. early teens. Um, we caught it late night on, on film four or whatever. And I just thought it was really boring. And I think the thing boring. is like, well, yeah. And like, <laughs> you know, you know, I think my problem with it is, is that yeah. there are just so many better post-apocalyptic sci-fi movies that's, that belong to Schwarzenegger. I will always oh. go to The Running Man right. or, to- or A Total Recall over, Running over Man Demolition is definitely Man. the closest to Demolition Man in terms of tone. The thing that I think Demolition Man gets right that those other movies don't even go anywhere near is that really goofy, campy stuff. I love all the costumes. I love that all the civilians are wearing like faux religious garb. It's just all the implications that 1993 or whatever had about the future of like, oh, the, oh, that religion's gonna come in and we're not that's, gonna be able to express ourselves. That's the funny thing about it is that like I feel with Running Man, the the future that that movie depicts is such a pinpoint satire of mm. like you know. 80s excess and like like crime and punishment and 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 all that stuff Mm -hmm. and then i look at um i look at demolition man and i know that the 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 future the movie kind of crafts is like politically like it's pretty scattergun like it goes after both (laughs) left and right stuff like it talks about like 
abortion being banned and then but also it depicts quite a liberal like nanny state-esque mm-hmm. kind of future um it just feels like a libertarian's wet fart of a fantasy <laughs> like there are some things in the movie that i really fucking vibe with in right. terms of that satire i don't know about you but the fact that every single adult in this movie behaves like a baby and is like speaking in like infantilized speak like yeah. that just reminds me of people on twitter going oh you heckin fucking junk doggo <laughs> thing like you know what i mean like it reminds me of that yeah they'd be, um, be right at home in this future just sharing pictures of the uh, cat with a bit of toast on its head oh no funny. no this is this is what it is like it, it for me it kind of it, it the, th- the stuff that resonated with me about that that kind of satire was that that's that element to it of like oh, I, that that was, kind I, of, I think that, that's totally like valid though that, that's what i mean like that, that's the stuff that really like resonated and the mm. stuff that um the like the kind of puritanical edge to it that i see a lot on like social media as well mm. where thing things have to be like if it's bad for you it's it should be illegal or whatever yes, and that kind of like weird moralist bent that we're getting in, in some mm-hmm. leftist spaces at the minute mm-hmm. so i'm probably completely overthinking the the political uh dynamics of this movie because i do think that you know it, it has some interesting things to say but that 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 aspect of the satire that that works for me. Yes, man. Well, the thing is, it was funny when I was watching it last night because I've not seen it in, in I was going to say in person. Well, how else would I say it? I've not seen it in a while. <laughs> you, Through you the brain, mind. You brain danced to yes, watch I, it. <laughs> I holographically walked in. But I've not seen it in a while, a good few years. And I was going back through it last night and I was like, what if it's just released right now? Because they are talking about doing uh, a Demolition Man 2 and getting Sly Stallone back. And I think Wesley Snipes is on the card again. Which he should I forget. Be. Yeah, he should be. I forget how available he is, but like the idea of him going back and doing another one, I was like, does he go back into cryo at the end? Do they both do that? Because they're both alive at the end. Like mm. we haven't even talked about the character names. No, he's so, not. Was he not? not he gets oh, no, his head kicked head. off. Yeah, they can they can undo that. Look, we've all seen Dragon Ball Z. They'll just put him in a vat. <laughs> They'll do the Halloween resurrection him. thing where yeah, it's a different yeah, Michael Myers head. Who it's fine. You off. can just Thanos it. Just turn the hand and just this the, <laughs> goes back together. But um, yeah, we didn't talk about the names. John Spartan and Edgar Friendly and Simon Phoenix. Yeah. I love that John Spartan is definitely what inspired Master Chief. <laughs> For hell yeah, it is. <laughs> I'd massively take that. But yeah, in terms of like the placement of it, as I was watching it last night, I was like, oh, if this came out now, it would be seen as like a satire of everything that you just described. That sort of ap- absolutist online space where if you're even remotely in a certain part of a Venn diagram, you're all the way there. Mm-hmm. And then, oh my God, what if this random mock kind of thing? But for the 90s, I just kind of viewed it as like this, I don't know, like sunsetting of the 80s action hero and where do they end up? And then yeah. like them, I, forget, I don't actually know who the director is, but saying that there'll always be a place for them because they'll ground you in the future. I mean, I'll, I'm never reading it. I'm not reading the film with any degree of seriousness. I think it's a big, <laughs> dumb, stupid thing. Um, and I laugh at, I, I laugh at any sort of 80s or 90s prediction of the future because having lived through some of that, um, we were so way off with and all those conversations on floating cars and everything were hilarious um, so I like that but I also like a lot of the just the way this movie's put together um, there's a pit where some dude uh, tries to like load a pistol near the end and it makes a shotgun sound brilliant there's also a bit when um, Stallone uh, tries to jump between two cars very much not Stallone also not him at the beginning when he gets fired through a window just random stunt man <laughs> very obviously not him I love when things like that come through we should talk about the, the final act at some point because they rush a lot of stuff oh we will we'll I think there. Yeah, uh, the, the, the other issue that I have with it eventually we'll get to is, is mm. the way that some of the action is directed. I do think it's very, like, um, it lacks dynamism. It's quite static at times. Mm. But one thing I will say, because we'll, we'll go from the beginning, um, the one thing that I do love about this movie is the opening. I think the intro yes. goes so fucking hard. <laughs> like, the camera panning down. It like kind of reminded me of Predator 2 where you go over the Los Angeles like um, hills and then you have like... I was thinking of Blade Runner. Like all the... Oh yeah. And fire but, like, stuff. The yeah. Ca- like the camera pans down and you have the Hollywood sign in flames and it's like <laughs> 1996 and I'm like oh my fucking god <laughs> <laughs> I love that I love the fact that they thought that the world was going to go to hell in like three years like we were right on the cusp of everything just going sideways <laughs> back at the time yeah and then like you have that great sequence where they 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 you know um, Simon Phoenix has the hostages in this like abandoned like facility mm-hmm. and it's just Sly going around and taking down fools and then having their little confrontation There's I think from that point on where they, they blow up a massive building and you get the really cool sequence where they freeze them or whatever mm-hmm. I just want that movie where it's before Demolition Man I want ah. the I want the the mildly post-apocalyptic movie where it's fucking 
John Spartan going up against Wesley Snipes' Joker because it is one of the it's best totally, cinematic yeah. Jokers ever. Yeah. Um, I just want that. I want to see their rivalry. I want to know like why there's such like a a wily coyote roadrunner esque pairing. I would love to have seen that. I mean, I, I guess is... it would have leaned too heavily into the Escape from New York vibes because that's kind yeah. of like what that future feels like in a way to me. Maybe. Um, with the whole thing being like, oh, LA is like, no one goes there anymore mm. and stuff like that. It feels very Escape from New York. Now that you've said that, I think that's what they'll do for the, the quote-unquote sequel, like the new one. Because it's like, you could reboot it or you could just do some, just, just call it Demolition Man, colon, Los Angeles, and you just do that <laughs> thing. Um, because there's plenty oh, it'll of be San Angeles now. <clears throat> yeah, I guess it is, yeah. But it's like in that movie, like um, the way that Wesley Snipes plays Phoenix is just Joker. Like it's almost Jack Nicholson's Joker to a T. Like yes, there's a bit yeah. in the museum where he's collecting weapons and stuff and he's just dancing around all gleefully. And I was like, you've literally just channeled him. Just get the Prince music on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was another thing that was so funny was on the final credits when uh, Sting's original song comes on. The De- Demolition Man I miss, song. I miss when um, movie tie-in songs were the movie titles themselves. Yeah. What is movie tie-in songs in general, I guess, to be that I could, big? Well, no, we still get those, but like... I feel like get them, but I like, feel like none of them none of them share the name. You know, mm. like like Ozzy Osbourne, oh, Ozzy Osbourne, <laughs> fucking Alice Cooper did Prince of Darkness or Prince of Darkness, and mm-hmm. like Ozzy want... did do Perry Mason just to pick yes. back up after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I I want I want that era back because mm. again, like with Big Trouble in Little China, John Carpenter <laughs> and his band did the the Coupe de Ville's. They did the Big Trouble yeah. in Little China song as well at the end. That's cool. Um, I want yeah, that overall, back. though, like that whole like you said, that opening bit goes so strong. I love when he bungee jumps out the helicopter. He's still mid bounce, but he's nailing headshots everywhere, which is great. And John then, Spartan walk uh, ran uh, walked so Captain America could run. Like that <laughs> whole true. like jumping out the helicopter thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you just no no regard for any sort of gravitational anything. Just sort of bounces. He's fine. Takes some yeah. dudes out. All he needs is one pistol. Up. That's all he yeah. needs as well. And a <laughs> all, the, all the weapon physics stuff. Just you just got to go with it. Like mm-hmm. I, that's the thing. That whole opening bit is to me very much signposting. We're not taking any of this seriously. We're not making any actual comments on anything. We're going to pull from stuff. But um, we're just going to do this big, dumb, what if we took this guy and put him in the future thing. Which, speaking of him going to the future, I didn't realize that his little penis was in the in the freezing bit. I, it's, it's right there, Ewan. It's, I didn't realize he was full man bush. But he is. I, mi- I missed it. Man I, bush three foot. It's right I, there. I missed it. Yeah. It's, how, I can't it's there twice. Oh. Yeah. Well. I mean, I guess I was looking for it, but it was right there. <laughs> Let me tell you. I mean, you're gonna be curious. I'm not sure if they blurred that out when it was on Bravo, but when I was a uh, Bravo was oh. <laughs> back in the day, God. yeah, Channel yeah. Five, yeah. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we get that cool cryo freezing sequence as well. Yeah, we learn that you know the reason why it happens is that John Spartan, uh, while he attempts to take down the Joker. Um, he the, the entire facility blows up, and he's like, "Ah, the hostages are dead." And Actually, then, it's like, kind of your fault. So. Yeah, yeah. So he gets he gets uh, sentenced to thirty years cryo sentencing for involuntary yep. manslaughter. Well, the thing that's funny, and I was not to like I said, I, I just the thing I just said was to not take it seriously. However, there is there are many plot holes. And one bit is that he gets sentenced until 2047. I know he gets thawed out sooner, but it's 1996. So he's about to be sentenced for about like 51 years or something. And he doesn't mind. He's just like, yeah, whatever. Leans back. Freeze me, daddy. I don't care. And so he does all What's that. What's he going to do? he get killed otherwise. Well, I suppose. But then when he comes back out of it, he's all annoyed that everyone, he's like, everyone who's close to me has died. And I was like, well, do you not think that when you went in? Is that well, what you're not How would he have gotten out, Scott? What would, what, could've... What would John Spartan do in the face of the never-ending arm of the law? He could have <laughs> kicked something. He could have broke it in half. He could have just put that dialogue before he goes in. And they could have all been like, well, no, you've been sentenced or whatever. Because he comes out going like, oh, I can't believe I've been in cryo for so long. And I was like, you knew this going in, mate. Mm. <laughs> well, I think, you. Yeah, well, I think it's, I think that if you want to go for the plot hole there, it's really that they, um, the, the line of the, the, I mean, John Spartan should be having an issue with this Lionel Hutz-esque lawyer because the, the, <laughs> the eventual plot twist that the, the hostages were already dead when he got there. That should have been like his, that, that should have been his fucking defense from the start. It would have yeah. been impossible to disprove. And then he would have had a reasonable doubt and then John Spartan wouldn't have had to go to this, this wet ass Taco Bell yeah, three weird. seashell future. <laughs> do you think if they do a new one, they will clarify the three seashells? Is that the only piece of no. lore? I mean, if they, they do, then they're dumb. They should mm. never, they should never explain what the three seashells. Well, what, what actually, Scott, what is, what? Uh, what are your 10 seashell theories? I must believe. 
Um, I'm going for some sort of uh, some sort of cupping motion, but mm. I, I would imagine that I don't know. I imagine that yeah, the, the the consistency is too strong for them to be anywhere close to a standard toilet paper motion. So I'm going to assume that it's I some sort of cup, I cup think that they're actually kind of like uh, like a bidet style thing, mm-hmm. and each each so one seashell is maybe a bidet, mm-hmm. and maybe one of them dries you. Maybe maybe they, maybe they move. I mean, we don't know. Maybe mm. they take care of themselves. I tell you, it's another plot hole. Not necessarily a plot hole, <laughs> but just another thing that I thought of when I was watching it. He's walking around with a lot of shit in his pants when he's talking to everybody because at the end of it, he swears <laughs> a lot and gets the paper and then goes back in the toilet. And I was like, so you've just been walking around with people here. <laughs> well, maybe you're just doing a little dab. You don't know that you did a big... Uh, he's been in cryo for 40 years. Unless mm. he completely emptied his stomach before he went in, That he's packed. Actually, what are they feeding them in cryo <laughs> apart from knitting lessons? Yeah, I, I love that so much. That's really there. funny. That's yeah. really funny. I love that he makes her a full sweater in about two hours. And he doesn't <laughs> he know why. He's like, why would they do that? <laughs> Wait, you mean I'm a seamstress? <laughs> your, your sly voice is perfect. <laughs> Nuding lists? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So anyway, they're back yes. in cryostasis and we get we get zapped to the future where we're introduced to Sandra Bullock's character. By the way, Sandra Bullock is brilliant in this movie. Yeah, she's, she's cool. She's, she's very good. She does... She does she, do, she commits to the bit. I think there's yeah. a running theme of the podcast in most episodes that talk about why they don't make movies like this anymore is because no movies commit to the bit anymore. Whereas, whereas yeah, this actually stuff. does commit to the bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she's like a proper, like, nostalgia hound for the 20th century. She's got mm-hmm. a poster, bless her, got a poster of Lethal Weapon 3 on the and wall. the Chili Peppers, Blue oh, Sex Magic. Fantastic. Album. And, um... That's the actual, I'm I'm being such a terrible stick in the mud, right? Because it's called we love, <laughs> it's called we love dad movies, not we fucking needle dad movies or whatever. Right. But right, this is the other thing, right? So the future takes place in what 2022? Is it 2032. 2032. That means the 20th century is only 40 years old, right? Yep. By this movie's logic, and, and there are people who were alive during like the before times as well. By True. this movie's logic, us right now, we should be going like looking at like the 80s. And going, huh? What? Like, like confusion, or like yeah. they live so differently to us. Yeah, like we'd be like, like we oh, live but... in like this crazy, overarching dictatorial space where we're yearning for that. That's age true. And I guess, I guess they also have the earthquake, which buries a lot yes. of society as well. I mm-hmm. guess they do have that. But the fucking, the fucking <laughs> older generation should be there, being like, "Hey, what's all this with this, this, this?" It's this... True. Well, I guess the, only, the only real person they talk to from that age is the dude in the, uh, the helicopter station. pilot as well. Yeah, oh, is, yeah. he, is he old enough? Okay. Yeah, so it's yeah. like they kind of took basic like desk job type stuff. So they didn't do much with those characters because they weren't like on mission with them or whatever. I do but, love yeah. um, the asshole police chief because yes. he. Um, I, I said I said it to you when we were when we were WhatsApping yesterday. He is also in. Have you ever seen? Um, Oh my god, the uh, Broken Arrow. Have you ever seen Oh Broken? god, yeah, Christian yeah. Slater and the other guy. Yeah, hell, amazing movie. John Travolta, yes. you mean? Yes. <laughs> I just remember Slater on the yeah. box, but yeah. Who's, um, what's the cheat the guy plays? Bob, is it Bob Gunton? That's it, Bob Gunton. That is he also, Bob Gunton. He also plays the, uh, the, the stick in the mud in, in Broken Arrow, too. And I okay. feel like he must have just had a career of, like, obviously he plays the warden in the Shawshank Redemption. Um, oh, that guy. That was the guy whose yeah, face. I was yeah. like, I know him from somewhere. It'll be Shawshank that I know him from. Yeah, yeah. He just made a career in the 90s of playing assholes. Like, that bit he's, where he, he's, yeah. he calls Stallone um, a muscle-bound grotesque or something. I laughed a lot at just calling someone a grotesque. I think that's a fantastic <laughs> word. You grotesque. That's brilliant. It's very much that like crying meme where you've got the Chad on one side. <laughs> it's like, no, you can't disrespect the seashells method. Ha ha, no. fucking piece of fucking fucking... <laughs> <laughs> fucking trash I'm a, I'm a huge fan of every time he calls him a savage just because he's from a few years ago that's yeah. great and it's funny because he's a Spartan as well they had to give him the, 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 the Greek the ancient Greek society that was slightly more rowdy than the Athenians <laughs> yeah yeah I don't, I don't know if he went warrior. to that that level of cons- of consideration I just think that someone in the room after maybe a few drinks was like John Spartan and they went yeah. that yeah when did, that. when did Point Break come out because you had Johnny Utah I want to say 96 no, Point Break was before 96, my boy. Is it? Yeah. 91. Wow. Oh, well, good lord. Yeah, okay. so we had Johnny Utah, Johnny then, we Utah. Had, then, then Johnny Spartan. 
Um, big fan. I'm a big fan. I've, John McLean. Rank the yeah. movie Johns. <laughs> there we go. All the best Johns. You want yeah. you want a, a John who has a decent name that can somewhat steal the spotlight. I mean, mm. the, I would say that Demolition Man has the best series of names. Not mm. a big fan of Edgar Friendly, but it's, I'm not not a fan of it either. I just <laughs> Edgar that, Friendly sounds yeah. like a Sonic the Hedgehog character. Now. <laughs> one of the, uh, the and this is my friend Edgar Friendly. And Edgar Friendly. Sonic's like shut the fuck up, Tails. <laughs> They do a whole thing. I mean, actually, actually we'll get there because you're going to recap the plot. They they do simultaneously everything and nothing with Dennis Leary. Oh my god, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, has, yeah. he has a little mini stand up bit in it where he reels off his version of freedom, which is yeah, an incredible. The, the, speech. The, the don't tread on me flag guy. <laughs> yeah, that's what he essentially like, is. He's like, freedom means covering myself in jello just because I want to. And I'm like, and then yeah, you have, yeah. They do have that great bit at the end where Sly's like, hey, somewhere in the middle, you guys <laughs> work it out. It's like, Number one centrist star, yeah. John Oh yeah, full on massive centrist star. <laughs> but yeah, what happens is um, Mr. Simon Phoenix gets woken up and he knows everything. He knows everything. He suddenly everything's coming. Every stuff he didn't know is coming back to Programmed. him. And he kills everyone on the cry. Well, kills the the people at the cryostasis facility and the the people in the police in the San Angeles police force and this mm-hmm. this this beautiful, awful, nightmarish, boring <laughs> utopia. Uh, they don't know what they're doing. They've never seen a murder, death, killing. There's not been a murder, death, killing. No, twenty years. I love that the, the, the voiceover woman just keeps saying murder, death, kill, murder, yeah. death, kill. Why do you think they call it murder, death, kill, and not just kill? There was a thing about MDK back in the day because there was a game called MDK, and I remember that being like, oh, that's the hardest thing you could call something. And then it was like GTA <laughs> like, took off, and it was like, no, I guess it's that now because MD because GTA is a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just designed to just show... Like, it just reminds me of, like, again, like, just infantilized online adults speak online. Like, oh, they did a heckin' murder-death kill, did they? Oh, I think it was I think it was an actual term back then in terms of a categorization of crime, mm. but it was just, like, over time it's become, like, what? Murder-death kill? Yeah, so, like, maybe it's to stop them from prejudicing any trials. Like, oh, we don't know it's a murder yet. We, maybe. It's, 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 it's a... I don't know. It's <laughs> dumb anyway. Anyway, they, they think they've, they've got the guy, um, so they send over the boys... <laughs> to rough up Mr. Phoenix and his yes. wonderful, wonderful outfit, by the way. The outfit that Phoenix has in this scene where he gets pulled over by the uh by the cops and he's got that wonderful orange dungaree like mesh top yeah. look going on. I need to like look this up just. He so looks like can... everyone put the Photoshop filters on all at once. Because there's like the different uh, checkerboard patterns and stripes and Yeah, he's yeah. got like he's got like the, the mesh vest with the with the denim dungarees on and like, <laughs> oh man. What I'm a big look. fan of Slimes' look in this. I, yeah. I might say it's iconic. I might, it is. I might go that far. And absolutely he he hard carries this movie for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's so no. good in this. Look, I, I'm, this is this is the first for the Wheel of Dad movie, Scott. This is the first yeah. one. I, I went into it with such noble intentions. <laughs> and I've really tried. And I'm going to annoy so many people Ooh. here who, who love Demolition Man. but Which is the whole world, so get it ready is, for that. It is. Um, but yeah, we have this whole confrontation where the, where the guys are too too dumb and, and, and like, Oh, gee, what am I doing? Oh. <laughs> And this isn't the bit where he's in the museum yet. No, no, this no, is when okay, he's okay. this is when he's he's in the ATM thing and he's in, yes. he's he's Oh and the guys are trying to take instructions on how they should tell him it's the best. And then, and then the best. But it's like they, they have these sticks that they establish later in the movie can instantly bonk someone. I love you doing a proper read of this movie. It's terrible. I don't know what it is. Like I'm never usually this pedantic or nitpicky, but Demolition Man brings it out of me. But anyway, they have these sticks that do an instant instant kill instant yep. unconscious mm-hmm. which should be is just a simple case of bopping them on the head but they've never used them before because they don't they, they say they, they're not <sighs> no, um, used to dealing with a, a full-time criminal but it's so they just have to do the do the commands vocal commands <sighs> yeah and anyway he kicks their ass <laughs> it's very very funny it mm. is i like i like the premise of an absolute mad terrorist waking up in like the star <laughs> trek style future only there's no one who actually knows how to like mm. fight i do mm. like that idea because they can basically Turn on cheat codes and become a god, yes. which I, I kind of say that yeah. he has four times strength, which he only uses like once in the film. He like he, he throws a guy uh, out of a car. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't use that strength against Stallone at any point. That's true, actually. You yeah. think if he, you think he would have clocked his head off first, like that's what Jason, he did. Jason takes Manhattan, you know, mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. just bop him on the head and get it, get it over <laughs> with. But yeah, because I think he's doing the Joker thing, I think he needs him. So yeah, him yeah. But anyway, because because he kicks all their butts, the the police are like, "What are we gonna do?" Oh well, the records say that we have a Mister John Spartan in our freezer, and and he and Simon Phoenix had a bit of a 
all back and they forth. Kinda had a bit of a shindig. They had a little back and forth. So why don't we go wake up Mr. John Spartan and use his brutal methods to to bring back to take down Mr. Phoenix. And then and then Scott, this this <laughs> Right. So, I'll do, wait, wait, you'll, I think I think I've got it. I think with you, you don't like the bits that I absolutely love. No, right. This is this is because there are some funny jokes when they bring him back. My yeah. issue is that after that really funny scene where they do bring him back, mm-hmm. they proceed to belabor the same joke for the next fifty-five minutes. It's so funny. Where man. it's like, oh, he keeps swearing, and then yeah. like he'll get fined, or like, oh, the, the, isn't the it really funny how <laughs> dumb and innocent everyone else though. is? I mean, I do appreciate that, but it's like. It's the same kind of like interaction, like they're all just so blissfully unaware and dumb. And I think the thing yeah. is, I just needed them to, I needed the the central conceit, of the mystery, because I just mm. couldn't buy into the premise. I just needed the movie to tell me, like, and I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening to myself. These words are coming out of my mouth, and I'm, and I'm, and these are the exact same criticisms that if anyone else has watched a movie that I really liked and they were saying shit like this, I'd want to kill them. So like, I. I know what's happening right now, but I can't stop myself. I'm on autopilot. I, I think the thing be- is, yeah. like, it's it's so full on with that goofy stuff. Because I, I love, I pop, as the wrestling boys say, when any of those <laughs> jokes happen. And I love the bit where um, he's, he says something after like declaring what they're going to do. They, they establish the whole thing where if you swear, there's a ticket that prints and everything else. And then there's one bit where the scene's kind of wrapping up. And I think he says something like, what the fuck's the point of that? <laughs> and then in the background, it buzzes. And I love that Sandra Bullock just does like that. She does like a shocked face. Just yeah. like a proper anime, like, oh. And like, I laugh at that. I think that stuff is so funny. I mean, I, I do like it when he yeah. leans into the machine and just reels off a bunch of swear words. There's, yeah. Actually, I tell you what a good comparison point is. Did you play Doom 2016? No. Okay, that whole game's premise was what if the Doom guy woke up in like a different reality, essentially, mm-hmm. where everyone is a bunch of scientists trying to study Doom material, and they're all trying to take it very seriously, and the law's really serious, and we need to, oh my god, he's all off he's off the readings and the charts, and I can't believe he's back, and he just punches everything out the way, he's like, I just want to kill demons, just get out my way, I don't care. And I think this is the nearest thing to like, an, like a 90s infusion version of the Doom mm-hmm. 2016 plot, where... Doom guy does not care about anything other than killing. And he's mm. going to get out there. He's going to swear. He's going to care. He's going to punch stuff. Mm. And the hilarity is letting that man or that thing be free in amongst a world that is trying to contain him. It can't be contained. <laughs> no one can contain. No one can contain John Spartan <laughs> slash Doom guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he, we then get this cool little partnership between him and um, Lieutenant Huxley. Is, it, is that her name? Um, uh, yeah, it's like, it's yeah. like Lenina or something. Huxley. Yes. Uh, oh no, the character. Yeah, Lenina. She was named after the author, Albus Huxley. Okay. Oh, there you go. Um, which the story is partially inspired by one of his his books. Yes. Um, wait, wait a second. Wait a Hold second. On. I'm looking here, right? Jesse Ventura's in this movie. He's the bald guy. Um, right near the end when um, what do you call him? Fre- uh, I'm gonna call him Mr. Freeze. Um, <laughs> that dude. Wesley Snipes' dude is like, I'm gonna recruit a whole bunch of people. I'm gonna make the Suicide Squad. And oh one my of god. The dudes, the bald right. dude, is Jesse Ventura. Right. <laughs> This is, this is the other thing, right? I love again. This is I'm, I'm done being upset about this movie. Um, I'm not upset about <laughs> it. It's, it's, just, it's just not for me. Um, <laughs> the bit where he's waking up everyone at the end, right? Yes. And he sees Jeffrey Dahmer's name, and he's like, "Oh, I love that I'm guy. A fan of that guy. <laughs> that's um, that's the exact same thing that happened when Ryan Murphy was putting together his Dharma show and now wants to do his Netflix Avengers of serial killers. That's him in the cryostasis thing going, ooh, Jeffrey Dahmer, I really like that guy. <laughs> That's definitely like that sort of mid-90s, the worst thing we can say is hilarious thing that we didn't really get over until like the early 2010s. <laughs> but but it, they're just steering into it. It yeah. is a very funny joke in fairness. I, 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 like, I, I like his character overall. I think that I would put more towards the stuff that I don't like. However... Um, most I can't of believe stuff, you're cancelling me on my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is appalling. How dare you endorse this, you? Um, no, I don't mind it. I did pop at that when he says that because I just my wife just finished watching Dharma and was like, <laughs> that was such a mixed bag or whatever. And then in that bit in the movie, I just laughed the fact that oh yeah, back then he would have been a thing. That was when he was active, I think. Well, no, I mean, no, he was he was long in prison at that point. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, he, yeah but he was like alive, I guess. And then at some point, he ended up in one of these freeze things. They <laughs> kept him in there until 2032 for no reason. I bet you Why they have like a break in case of a of Netflix adaptation <laughs> thing and just get him out. Thor about one bit at a time. Uh, yeah. That's actually that's a whole other thing. Why do they even have a farm of on ice? Because it's to rehabilitate them. them. It's the idea is like I think it's oh, intri- yeah, I think 
I think the movie here is they're trying to say something about like the naivete of like rehabilitation almost like or like or like how draconian that could go if you took it a certain pathway where you would like mentally manipulate people or whatever mm. so it's like flipping that idea of rehabilitation and making it you know terrifying i suppose yeah, yeah. i mean there's a lot about technology in the future and that whole thing when they, they try and have sex and it's like this weird mental well, thing well yeah, yeah but the stuff with the rehabilitation it reminds me of the clockwork orange where you right. have alex and they try and mentally condition him to not be evil again and that's like mm-hmm. some of the most disturbing sequences i've ever seen in the film before oh totally i love um, that in demolition man it just results in him learning how to make a swear i That's, love that though just, i'm better off for i it, think it. i think they should freeze me and then i'll come out with like loads of really good skills like what would you i thought you were gonna say freeze you and come out with lots of really good demolition man takes They'll maybe maybe that, maybe my program would be to appreciate demolition man yeah. i don't know how many years of conditioning that would take <laughs> decades and decades yeah um i don't know what mine would be i am i'm loving learning japanese right now so maybe mm. i would just take a i would just extend that more i don't have a i don't have a banter one what maybe if it, what, a backflip a standing back what if it went wrong and then all you could do is speak japanese i'd personally be fine with that because i'm going to japan next year but after that it'll be an issue but i can take <laughs> it for a bit it's fine and then my wife's also learning so technically she'll be fine mm. yeah i don't know i feel like I, I, to be fair i think the idea of being able to knit is actually really cool it's pretty I, sick. I could knit some pretty cool blankets for everyone and like bring them <laughs> around. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of felting. If we're getting into sort of uh, knitting stuff, I'm a big mm. fan of felting um, yeah. overall. Yeah, just uh, it's just a lot easier. You just stab the living hell out of it. Zan, it Zan actually felted me a robin the other month. Oh, it's very cute. That's this little little felt round fella. We did. I forget what our anniversary thing was. One of them was like uh, wool or something, and I, I made Asia like a little small creature that was meant to have like big ears, and then it sort of didn't come out right. So it just looks like he's really shocked all the time, and he's like, it looks like his hands are up. <laughs> But it, it's all right because it's the thought that counts. Damn it! <laughs> Don't shoot me. <laughs> I'm just small. I'm only a felt boy. Yes. Where were we? What were we talking about? Oh, it was it was Huxley and Spartan's partnership. They're starting yes. to get to, and and she's basically giving him a tour of of how this new society works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which um, is great. And that's when you find out about the uh, Schwarzenegger was the 61st president and the franchise wars and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about this um this dynamic do you like about like the the huxley spartan thing and i'm not gonna lie it, it's yeah. more it's more the law it's mm. more the fact that they cared enough to write some law in between when he was on ice i can't think of any other movies that jump to the future and and in this tone mm. and then take a point of going like no this happened this happened this happened and how big of a deal it was it feels kind of like futurama-y to me actually yes that's totally like futurama it... Oh. There's, there's parts of it that are like full on like Looney Tunes. Like that's my tone for it. That's my go-to. It's Futurama. God, it's Looney Tunes. If I treat this yeah. as like a Futurama style thing, maybe it'll work yeah. for me. There you go. It's not the whole. You can do your whole dissection of you know political yeah. stuff, but it's but at not, least but just... Futurama had a thousand years to work with. You've got fifty here, and I'm like, they didn't have Schwarzenegger as president, nor did they have the franchise wars. There are mm. certain things that certain territories, Demolition Man is is willing to go, certain mm. risks they're willing to take. But I, yeah, I like that they filled that stuff in, and I love the fact that Stallone acknowledges Schwarzenegger. That like, remember that was a big deal in like Expendables when they finally crossed over. And then, like, there was that Family Guy skit where they're both in the same boat. It was very rare that they were mentioned together. But I love that he gets mentioned. And then Sloane's like, oh, my God, oh, I can't believe he's doing well. It's oh, really well. funny that you say this because the same year, the superior action comedy movie Last Action Hero released. What's and they that? You... I'm kidding. I only recognize Sloane movies oh for this God. year. Right. <laughs> well, Last Action Hero, they have a bit where they go to the video rental store and they have um, the Terminator 2 cardboard cutout. And it's mm-hmm. it's sliced alone as the T-800. Oh. And, and Arnie and like the the kid who obviously comes from our world is like mm. um, <laughs> it's like wait a minute what Sly Stallone doesn't play the Terminator that's you and Arnie's like well, are you kidding this guy's terrific <laughs> oh really that's <laughs> yeah cool. yeah I have seen that movie but it was it was a long time ago when I, I did it's, a tweet just it's saying aged that. beautifully that okay film. okay it's um that is that that film was so stupidly misunderstood at the time mm. and it came out the same year as Demolition Man and I need to know what everyone saw in Demolition Man they did not see in Last Action Hero <laughs> because I adore <laughs> Last Action Hero I, I remember watching Last Action Hero when I was a kid and being really disappointed by it because I didn't <gasps> like all the sucked through oh the, the meta stuff. and stuff yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah, yeah. I wasn't ready for that level yeah but I think it's, I think it's clever I feel like it is, it is if we're talking about movies like action movies that feel like they they're having fun with the genre and I know like Demolition Man is definitely having fun with the genre mm. uh, I feel like Last Action Hero does it a little bit better well not even a little bit better I think it does 
way better. But, well, that, yeah, know. Last Action Hero is like a living dissection of of tropes, whereas mm-hmm. like this has tropes, but it still is its own like full of momentum. Yeah, thing. and and Last Action Hero also benefits from being directed by one of the finest action movie directors of all time, and John McTiernan. Whereas, mm-hmm. whereas, mm-hmm. The, the, not to not to insult the guy who did Demolition Man, but I have not seen much other. I feel like you need like a point system him. for when you make a really good point, and you, you can say top dadding, and then mm. you can put a dad point down because that's very good point. That's a very good. That's top dadding. Yeah, but that's the other thing is like I, I just yeah we we have we have this whole thing with him and Huxley. Um, I'm gonna let you go for the plot recaps eventually because I'm taking my fucking I was time say, with we these. Should, we should jump through a bit of it because yeah. um, I feel like we've taken 40 minutes. Well, on the opening it's just a nice little bit. chat. I'm love... for the chat. I'm just yeah. saying, there's a lot of movie here. There's like two hours of a thing because I didn't realize how long this was until I was looking at it last night. It's, it's like long. I think I was gonna say when you said before that um, <laughs> you were bored by it. I was gonna say when I was thinking of things that I might say about it, how well paced I thought it was. Oh. I thought it was. I think it just goes, man. I, I just. <laughs> I think like it gets interesting to me when they they introduce the underground society stuff mm. because it makes yeah, that's what I was going to talk it, about. It, it talks about the, the veneer of mm-hmm. of like the 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 society that has been constructed here and how it's the fake world and not the mm-hmm. real world. Um, yeah, so you've kind of got like yeah. that whole thing where he's with Huxley, they go and pursue a lead. I forget what order things are in, but he fails to bring Snipes in at that point. They have the museum showdown, yes. um, which is great. Uh, Snipes gets a hold of this big, like, weird Ray, laser, rail like gun. A laser gun. Like yeah. a rail gun, yeah. Which makes me, in the moment right now, remember that he gets a freeze ray later on. That he just has that. Just has a freeze ray. He's Don't worry melding about Batman villains at that point. He's pretty much. Some yeah. Mr. Freeze. I'm, this and Batman and Robin, exact same scene, like for the most part. Um, but yeah, Snipes gets away, and then you reveal that Snipes is actually working for whatever you call the religious leader dude who's in charge of everything, which then makes no sense because that dude told the police chief guy to do what he can to bring him in. No. I'm just saying. Like, that's, that's a cover, right? I suppose. The, the thing that gets me is that this guy, like, kowtows to, to, to Phoenix's demands to wake up his, his <laughs> other cryocon friends. Yes. Completely, no forget, completely, that completely forgetting that he only has control over Phoenix. That's a really good joke, though. I know it is, I but it's so dumb. Why did he think that? I love that bit when um, Phoenix just keeps trying to shoot him and he he, he can't because he's like mind controlled or whatever and he can't do it. So he throws <laughs> the gun to Jesse Ventura and he's like, "Kill this guy for me." I can't do it. And then Jesse Ventura just ventilates him like six times. But why didn't that. he think of that? <laughs> Because he's so blinded with power. It's like, in the moment, right, when I watched that last night, I was like, this is Star Wars. This is the Empire. This is the world <laughs> think of the exhaust port thing on the Death Star. They're too big and brutal. So I was like, he's he's down the same route. I think that's what they're pulling from. He didn't possibly think that Phoenix would out- outwit him. Mm. And little did he know. He'd be mm. full of holes mm. minutes later. But we're jumping ahead. There's bits in between that where you meet Dennis Leary's character. Um, all the stuff with um, Dennis Leary Taco and Edgar Friendly. Um, yeah, being the, the head of the underground and everything. Um, and they don't really know what to do with him. He sort of like is this embodiment of like real America man, freedom man, rat burgers man, mm. whatever. And I like that as a as a parodic goofy thing of like what someone might treasure America as. Because when he does his, he gets to do like a big stand up comedy bit. When um, I forget, I forget who asks him what he represents, and he does that massive long monologue, which is just one of his bits. Like a I want to cover bit. myself in grease and run naked yeah, in yeah. the streets, or whatever. <laughs> it's yeah, he's just that's what freedom is, man. It's like I can cover myself in green jello and blah, blah. and it's like that's that's his version of freedom, which I like, I love that as like just a talking point, just the fact that that's someone's like yardstick of freedom. Again, it's fun. like Futurama. It's when Zoidberg eats yeah. the flag. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, totally. So it's like I love that, and then but they don't really know what to do with him. Um, so you've kind of got Dennis Leary, head of the uh, the real um, underground people. I forget if they even have a name, but um, they get called Scraps and Dregs and everything. And then somewhere along the way, they team up with Stallone's, uh, Stallone and Huxley to go after um, evil religious man um, and go from there. But then they don't do anything with Dennis Leary. He just doesn't do anything after that scene. He's in the very end of it again, but his people don't do anything. And there's also a bit where Wesley Snipes, having thawed his companions out, I don't know if they ran out of money or whatever but there's a bit where snipes just says i don't need you guys anymore and he just shoots a yeah. rifle off screen yeah. and then they're never seen again yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> what else do you need yeah i don't know if i'm missing any mean uh, main plot points at that no this is so. this is this is you're proving my point certainly is that i feel like <laughs> most of the movie is just um i mean to be fair that's Perfect. a lot a lot of the comedy here is with the whole man out of his time thing, like adjusting to a stupid society. Yeah. And you have I the... have jumped past all the sex stuff. Also well. I was about to get to the yeah. sex. I was yeah. about to get to the sex where where 
Huxley is so en- enthralled <laughs> by the display of violence <laughs> that she's like, I want to have hey. sex. You know, it's 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 We're like two characters in a movie. It's like Cronenberg's Crash, but <laughs> Demolition Man. Hell yeah, it is. Um, and like she, co- he, he's like, I want to have sex. <laughs> I got I tried the three shows. Yeah, Do you want to come over? And then she brings out the um the, the little headsets. Yep. And he has the little little cyberpunk brain dance thing going on. <laughs> we did also jump over the bit that they can't even high five. They rub hands next to each other. Oh, they rub um, the air, don't they? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. any fluid transfer is like deemed illegal, horrible, or whatever, illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, so even the idea of kissing is like disgusting or whatever. Um, which we'll get back to later because that's one of the bits that I absolutely hate in this movie. But that's later on. Um, Are all fluid yeah. transfers that good? <laughs> Some are even better. <laughs> it was to do with the three shells but it's like we've got to go through that stuff but yeah we do a lot more uh fish out of water stuff when he's back at the apartment making a jumper watching tv literally just watching the footage of the dude being of uh simon phoenix being friends with evil man and then he the movie's pretty straightforward and then he, we know who the villain is after that yeah for the most part yeah and then he gets that random call from the lady who's like on the yes. shower and yeah. like why would you what do you want some boobs guys like... you got some boobs do you want some Got some boobs? So yeah, and then yeah. and then and then she takes them back to her place, <laughs> and then they, she brings out the headsets, and it's like it's like um like a little rave, a little brain rave. It's like being at Josh's house with the VR headsets, and he's convinced he's trying to convince you that it's the future. And he's like, no, I don't take it off. I don't want it. <laughs> and like and like John is so horrified. He's like, what? This isn't what making love is. <laughs> this isn't love. <laughs> this isn't love. <laughs> mate you gave paulie a fuck robot like the other year it's like, very true come on hip, hip, hypocrite <laughs> i don't know what yeah i don't know whether i i, I like to i like the i like the commitment to what if even sex and intimacy has changed not it in is, a serious way at is, all but i think it's funny no to be fair i do think this is this is a seriously like interesting element that we go down here the idea that like um like risk and regulation and laws and stuff and like anything like the whole thing that this comes back to that that Huxley says at multiple points is it's bad for you therefore it is illegal you know that whole side the whole idea of like not having the choice to do things that are quote-unquote bad because there are Mm. risks with fluid transfers (laughs) (laughs) hashtag fluid transfer um and I I, I do think there is there is some you know the idea of like if if you take if you take away so much choice eventually humanity becomes quite cold like without the totally. without the without being able to potentially destroy yourself, that you know, yeah. like that's not that's not life. Um, so there, no, no, there, it, there, it was... you know, even though it is quite tongue in cheek, and I do think some of the the whatever, the commentary or kind of <laughs> falls outside my margins, or whatever. I I, do, I guess it I is. Do in, actually I just... quite like that part, that whole idea. Yeah. Like I think yeah, that's yeah. that's interesting. It's like there are parts to like to pick apart. I just uh, I've never um, applied like a serious mentality to it. I've always just been big dumb goofy thing. Where someone called John Spartan kicks men into nothing. But I need the like... action to be better for that to work. <laughs> I need, I need something. I need something. I think, I think I quite, I don't know. I think I quite like the action. Although when I think about it, the only real memorable set piece is the bit with the big crane at the end. But this is this is the other thing. It's like bit. when I was watching it, and this isn't to to slight Joel Schumacher because I think Joel mm. Schumacher is a fantastic filmmaker. I love I, I, like underrated, um, and like I'll even defend, I'll even bat for his Batman movies. But there yes. were times watching this where, you know, we talked about, like, Phoenix being, like, the Joker. Some of the angles and shots we had here, like, especially in, like, the underworld where the villains kind of, like, the come into the to the underworld space. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a little bit of, like, the way action is framed in Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Where you've yeah. got loads of, like, these weird, like, kind of, like, crane camera angles. Um, and stuff being fired off camera. And you not seeing the impact. Like, it's very much right. like a... like it doesn't feel kinetic at all. Like everything's kind no, of like disjointed. So on a purely like filmic level, the yeah. actual, like the way the action is shot, like just doesn't, doesn't do it for me. No, there are, <clears throat> excuse me. There are tons of just showing people shooting guns past the, past the frame. Yeah. Like you never, you very rarely see any squibs or any sort of explosions or people going flying or anything like that. Um, I like the variety of the action that's here, from like gunfights to car chases to weird sci-fi stuff with the, sh- the shrink, the ice ray, mm. and then that thing with the arm at the very end is like at least that's inventive. And I guess yes. like when he picks him up and he's like shooting him with the Uzi and stuff, like that's kind of inventive. Yeah, totally. I do, I do like that part. But yeah, mm. we we have we have Spartan and, and Huxley in that link up with the with the resistance. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the resistance. He has his rat burger and his beer. Hell yeah, um, he does. And then they they go they resolve to take down. 
this whole conspiracy. Uh, at which point, I think I'd, has has Phoenix betrayed Mister Mister? It's a, it's a roundabout here because um, they're, they're all just kind of treading water. Like yeah. Phoenix has got his crew, and and he's tried to bargain for territory. That's something he's been like, yeah, I want yeah, because he's yeah. like going forward i'm going to be this big gang leader and i'm going to take over all these different spaces and then religious man 101 is like no that's too far damn it i can't sanction this buffoonery and then phoenix is like well you're gonna to have to die and then Jesse another secret him. batman forever reference i know there. and then he throws a uh, religious dude in the fire and then that pretty much leads to the, the big finale because yeah. then you have um stallone and huxley i keep calling him stallone but Spartan mm-hmm. and Huxley run in, and there's a really cool fight scene. I like that. Yeah. I like how much um, they. I don't know how, if it's actually Sandra Bullock, but she does some really cool. It's like where'd you, learn, where'd you learn to fight like that? Jackie Chan <laughs> movies. I'm like hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. hell yeah, dude. As the main, um, source she just like movie. me for real. <laughs> the thing is though, that's what I really like. It's just one of those outdated things, one of those outdated tropes. But she absolutely kicks ass in that scene, mm-hmm. and then he knocks her out, and he's just sort of like, I hope you understand in the morning. Like, <laughs> no you've literally got a companion do you not want to she's just proven she can handle herself like yeah that, yeah that's just like some old dated weird faux chivalry thing that the 90s had mm-hmm. um, or many other movies did too about like the, the guy's gonna have to do it she's just gonna have to wait like yeah no yeah she's just too naive to understand violence they have that whole bit <laughs> well it's, it's interesting they have that that earlier scene where she's talking about how violence is so exciting for her and he's talking about mm. it being like a necessary evil like it's not like a it's not a thing to glorify or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, even though I look really good doing it, you know, like he says, like yeah. he's like hurting people isn't isn't good. Like sometimes it is, but not not for this. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that element of the discussion as right. well. Like the idea that if you like were to suppress your violent instincts altogether, you you <laughs> you take maybe the wrong the wrong mm-hmm. thing from it. Whereas obviously with um, with Phoenixie and Dolph doesn't it. Plus, like she does yeah. kill a guy. Like in that scene, she shoots yeah. a guy. Um, and then she doesn't. I think she says like that man just died by my hand or whatever. Like there's not. Like, yeah. It doesn't mean. Anything. Oh, I, I ended his it, life force or something like that. <laughs> it's always something so, like, like that. life force or oh, life energy or something. We didn't talk about the 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 um the language in this. The way that they invented their own vocabulary. The mm. whole bit with the museum guy where he's like, eh, "What is your boggle?" And it's just like stuff <laughs> like that. I, I love. Do, I do like what is your boggle. I, I think we should bring boggle. that back. We should, and I love the, um, it's like enhance your understanding. I love the idea of just saying that to someone or like minimize your sarcasm or whatever it is. Like, that's <sighs> great. What? Oh my God. What What else is that from? There is such a, it reminds me of the Simpsons episode where they have Brad Goodman and like um, Homer <laughs> and Marge are like communicating with each other and he's like, he eats all the brownies and then like mm-hmm. Marge is going to tell him off and he, and then they have that weird conversation where he's like, I'm feeling a lot of shame right now. It's like, I hear that you're feeling that shame. Yes what are you well, feeling that was, like the, that was like the the go-to way of viewing therapy until very recently like until like you yeah. know the last sort of 10 years or so it was like this goofy sort of like suppression over explain or yeah, like yeah. suppress or suppress and externalize at the same time because it, even yeah. though you are externalizing your emotions it's still a form of suppression because you're and doing it in a very like, calm way yeah yeah but it was all like not remotely yeah like you know replicable pseudo bullshit yeah yeah, yeah, like a very sort of like Hollywood 90s approach to what... Because then I, that idea of like faux therapeutic language or whatever becoming the norm and yeah. no one being their real selves and stuff. I just, I like this dumbass... That's why I feel feature. like this movie will keep aging better. You can almost that, release it right now and it would almost... That, that whole social media landscape thing for me, like the conversation series mm. that everyone feels like they're talking with the keyboard... Um, right, yeah. That's why. I, but even the bit with yeah. the, when they can't touch each other, it, yeah. you, you could totally be like, Devilish Man is pandemic art. Well, people have. Totally people, people wrote articles about it for being right. there. Like, as I. After I watched it the other day, I went into a deep dive looking at writings to be like, please save me. Please save this movie for me. <laughs> and I just. I've tried. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie, Ewan. Look, I'm not going to take that away from you. I, <laughs> I, had a, I had a fun time watching it, even though I found the first hour very boring. I can definitely tell that you're coming to it with a more academic sensibility than oh, I've ever I, had. I, I don't... It, it's the, This is the thing. Is like, like, I wish... Know, even, even remotely thinking about it is more than I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like it just needed to be more of an... It needed to be a more oomphy action movie for me to be entertained in a way that wouldn't mm. make me scrutinise it. Like, the movie never never gets to a point where it's so well crafted that i can suspend my disbelief weirdly and again like as i said earlier on i can't believe these are words coming out of my mouth because i think it's such a nitpicky <laughs> borderline dorkish way to talk about well, the thing film. is if you have a movie on paper that is like Sly alone goes to the future and fights wesley snipes as like a joker-esque villain and lots of escapades happen and dennis leary's in it and whatever then you'd expect more than them to spend two-thirds of the film doing hokey skits mm. and overblown physical comedy stuff but 
I think that stuff works because of just how much they commit to it and how much fun that cast was having and how much how many props they had to make. Like loads of this mm. movie is built. Oh, the costuming really is fun. brilliant as well. The set design and yeah. costuming I really really like. And it's like that's like a nice segue to that like that final bit as well, where it's like they finally they've the dudes dead, religious dudes dead. Phoenix kills his own dudes for no reason because he's just said he wants to take over land parts of the country, but then he shoots his own men. And then his final plan is to thaw out more people. I'm like, but you just killed all the men that you had, so that doesn't. If you're trying to have a pop, trying to build an army, like what are you doing? If he was just after Jeffrey Dahmer, mate. He was going to sure. Is that add that guy to the list? He was going to um, get the Zodiac out. <laughs> he was going to get everyone out. That clown guy, just bring them all in. What, but um, what? <laughs> the guy from Gacy? Terrifier. No, that dude too. But I was thinking, in the I think clown, John, whatever he's John Gacy. In the clown. <laughs> <laughs> What's Art the clown? That's it. Yes, Art the clown. Not Ian Ian Thompson the clown. But either way, dude had a master plan, and then uh, Spartan comes running in by himself because he's knocked his partner out, as you do. It was with the bong stick, with a big old bong stick, and then they do like that weird little set piece finish thing where like Snipes picks him up in like a like a grabber claw and then shoots him <laughs> with an Uzi for a lap, which is a very Joker move. Like Joker wouldn't want to kill Batman, but he would play with him, make him think he was gonna die. Um, Spartan then freezes one of the arms that's holding him. It's like a three prong claw thing, and then punches out the whole thing. And then um, there's a weird thing that I don't know if you want to try and describe this, but there's a weird thing he, with, an, uh, with an ice. He takes ice one element. of the cryo pods and takes a little crystalline pod thingy and smacks it on the floor, which ignites the entire floor in a frosty, <laughs> he jumps frosty ignition. It. He jumps onto the claw and is like, woo! And then but he like jumps up like as the floor is freezing and everything freezes around him, but, but not the, the, the claw, claw, not the ceiling. No, he's fine. But it does later because everything freezes when he's walking away from it. But yeah, he gets away. Um, Simon Phoenix freezes. And then he goes around and he says, heads up. And he kicks his head off. Into I love a that. Million pieces. I do love the that. Best. I'm here for a good solid um, freezing and then decapitation. What is your favorite uh, quip and then kill? Because my favorite is probably Predator's stick around. But it, it's easy to um, heads up is pretty damn good oh don't do this to me right now because <laughs> nothing is going to come to mind i mean i love it's a hot topic i love um <laughs> i love in command commando has so many mm. like the whole um <laughs> predator also has knock knock doesn't it at the beginning where he's like knock knock and then he like <laughs> Yeah, he uses a grenade yeah launcher. yeah i mean like knock, knock. Co- commando also has a rumble saloon i promised to kill you last and he's like oh that's yeah, right I major lied. you did i lied <laughs> <laughs> i'm a huge fan of all that. there's a bit at the beginning of demolition man where he thwacks uh, simon phoenix with a tv and he's like hey you're on tv and he hits him with a tv brilliant absolutely brilliant genius 10 out of 10 five stars that's what i mean they are very it's very batman joker that yeah, kind of totally. like little like it's it's almost like Adam West and and Caesar Romero, but more psychotic and with less facial hair. Honestly, like sixties camp is what I view this as, like mm. just full on. Super it does camp kind stuff. of feel like a Star Trek. Someone hijacked a Star Trek episode. Mm. Like if if you take um, Demolition Man out of this and you have the Enterprise coming down <laughs> and it's Kirk and Spock and they're there in this society and there's this veneer of something not being right, right. and they find out that they've been suppressing this like. Um, this rebellion and there's no free will and something that feels like a star trek episode to me mm, feels yeah, like it feels like star trek but done by like 80s action there's they're definitely pulling from kind of like just wider like sci-fi assumptions of the future like mm. which i guess like star trek always had anyway but even decades before then but i love the fact that like he does a big quip kill thing which obviously very was the style at the time they don't do them that much anymore in terms of being that on the nose where it's literally heads up and then kicking your head off um, but then, like like I said, they don't know what to do with Dennis Leary. They don't know what to do with Sandra Bullock, other than her being unconscious. And everything's just fine in the end. They just have that weird conversation where Dennis Leary's like... Yeah, you'll rebuild society. You'll, yeah. you'll, you'll diverse a culinary palette beyond just Taco Bell. Well, we kind of we mentioned like left and right stuff before. I think they try and do a thing where Dennis Leary is representing the left, quote unquote, and the big evil dude bald guy is representing the right, quote unquote. I'm getting Leary. And then... Leary gives me big um, libertarian vibes. So, well, yeah, totally. Yeah. But I guess if you're like from this this movie's point of view, it's like yeah. one way or the other. So then Stallone is like, well, a little bit of information from this guy and a little yeah, bit from yeah. this guy. Then and you'll meet somewhere, yeah, in the you'll meet somewhere in the middle. And whatever, it's just like, yeah. isn't that just life? That's Mr. Stallone. It's very night easy. It's interesting because it's like he he did this, which you know. In some ways, like Demolition Man feels like it's like looking at like liberal overreach. And you have Judge mm. Dredd, which is obviously, you know, like a big, like, Judge Dredd is like a big fascist satire. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that we did, I think, what Dredd was, what, 95, I want to say? Not um, much after this, I don't think. I also, the thing is with this being in 1993, 95, yeah. 
is that it was right around all the like parent scare stuff for Mortal Kombat and Doom and mm. that whole idea of like think about the children and all that kind of stuff and like better regulation for moral panics. Um, that's good. That's yeah, a good, moral panic. It's a good. It's a good way of looking at it. It's I like think. this is like moral panic, the futurescape. Yeah. And it's like what if all those people got everything? What if? They wanted? What if the think of the children people? Got yeah, into designed power the future and, and did everything. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting way. That's that's a, that's how I'm going yeah. into the. That's how I do the whole thing. You know like what, goofy, Scott? I yeah. I came into this pos- podcast as a two point five, and I'm coming out. <laughs> I'm coming out of it with a three. In, I'll take. I'll a take half star. Anyone can take a three. You know. <laughs> you know the people. I'll take that massively. Yeah. Um, that bit at the end as well is like I was because I I forgot that he knocked out Sandra Bullock. I was just like when I rewatched it, I was oh that's cool, it's a cool fight scene, and then he knocked her out, and I was like okay, God, that sucks. I hate that trope. And then at the end, she's just there, and then she's just completely fine with it. She does say, "And um, we were supposed to be a team." And then he just sort of like laughs and makes out with her, and then just and that's it. I'm just sort of like, "Oh, that's just that's all we can do, is it? That's as much as we can manage at that stage." Yeah. But it was 1993. But yeah, that <laughs> ending, it's not the best. And then he just says, "We've got to ask one more thing. What's up with the shells?" And then they don't have a response because that's meant to be the comedic ending. But the music's not loud enough, and the credits haven't started, so it's just weird. And then the credits come. It in. does. It does end very abruptly. Yeah, um, it's just like that's the you know being Judge Dredd when he says like uh, he's like I knew you'd say that and he says that over and over again. It's like I'm determined to make this work. It's like the um, what's up with the three shells? Yeah, like that's the legendary joke that they had in the writers' room. But yeah, I think I think that was demolition, man. Um, <laughs> it was. I'm very conscious of the fact that I've come off like a raving mad dork. You can, nerd. All you can be is an honest, honest person. That's all you should be. But if you if demolition man clicked more with you tonight than ever before, that's good. It's it's. I'm slowly rewiring the pathways in my brain <laughs> to a point where I can be like, you know what? It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Just be dumb, goofy, Stallone. Watch, watch Cliffhanger. I will. I'll, I'll totally watch Cliffhanger. I, the other day, I found an old clip of um, Stallone on BBC from like 1963 or something. And it was just when, just before Rocky had oh, come that out. That was not the 60s. That would have been 70s something. 70s? 70s, He was yeah. a young man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was doing an interview with a guy. And he wasn't anybody back then. And he was talking about like going from nothing to like um, being determined to write a script. And then he managed to get picked up. And he made Rocky. And like he did porn at one point because he had to he, make ends meet. It was meet. Yeah, like a softcore thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It wasn't called making ends meet. But he did that. <laughs> And I was like, that's cool. And I was like watching him and I was like, oh, you've got like a real like homegrown, you went from nothing to something story. I was like, that's really interesting. This... And I went on like a bit of a Stallone binge. That's why I ended up watching well, Rocky Four. This is the so... thing is like, I I think, I've said this before on the podcast, like I think Stallone and Schwarzenegger, like even though they are revered as like two of the greatest living action stars of our time, I think they both continue to be very underestimated. Mm. I think they're both very, very smart, talented people who yeah. have you know really worked hard to like get into their positions and like it is like it's it's, it's a, they are both like kind of like exemplars of like that american dream thing um, well the, the and, best thing yeah. about like stallone was always that genuine quality to him like as big and as dumb and stupid as a lot of his roles got it was still like he always felt quite has a working class sensibility to some of his yeah, roles totally. like like rocky like pretty much personifies that like mm. Like, Rocky is a working-class hero. But even in <laughs> Demolition Man, <laughs> for as much as he's John Spartan, he's still trying to ground this over-the-top, ridiculous, super-judgmental society and just have a rat burger and get along with your friends. And it's I like... really go for a rat burger and a beer right now. <laughs> if they made it well, I would totally eat a rat burger. Yeah. As long as it tastes like a beef burger. Mm. But get the Ratatouille kind of... movie music playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> the, the culinary... Uh, culinary skill yeah. could be done <laughs> but yeah where does this rank in your your Stallone rankings oh god um pretty high I yeah. mean pretty damn high I don't really I mean I love Rocky 1 like it's I'm trying to think what other have you seen Cobra I, I, I've not seen Cobra. Oh, watch! Cobra. I know he has like some classics. That's the thing. I've not like. You need I'm not, to like... watch Cobra. It's like a Jello movie, but like action. Okay. Like it's like. A... I think yeah. for me, I I am um, I like when Stallone does more. Um, some of his more like emotional side. I do really. I do think he's got an underrated emotional side to him. So I really like. Um, not the not like the movie he did before Creed. And the one that was just called Balboa. Oh yeah, Rocky Balboa. Uh, I really like that one. I thought that was just nice. I, I like it when any artist writes something that can relate to them in real life as it can in the character. And I like that he wrote himself into it. Like, can I still do this or whatever? And I like that the the um, they cut the ending where he won and they just made yeah. it so he loses. Well, he draws, I think. Yeah, yeah. But um, but still, that's great. So I actually really love the Balboa movie. I think there's a lot of heart to that. Um, Demolition Man, I just love because it's just stupid. It's like the room. It's like the it's like something I can just put on at any point in that movie and just watch the whole thing through. And it's just, it's got the right level of goofiness that I'm happy to go with. Mm. 
Great. <laughs> well, Scott, where can everyone find you on social media? And you can else. find me uh, on Twitter. I'm at slash LP89, but just Google my name or just find What Culture Gaming. I'm still on there on the daily, although at the minute there's not much news going around. He's got so we're waiting. good SEO branding, this guy. <laughs> I'm just I'm relying on Google. To be yeah, fair, I'm, just... I'm a pretty high Ewan Patterson. There's a, there's a photographer up there that's like chasing my rankings. But... Ah, who's that guy? He, doesn't <laughs> even, he probably loves Demolition Man. He's got nothing oh, to talk this about. this fucking guy, you know? <laughs> this fucking guy. Um, you can follow me on Twitter if you want to, at twitter.com forward slash Ewan Ruins Things. I'm also on Instagram now, just in case Musk yeah, blows are. everything up. Um, what else? Oh, yes, please... A uh, big shout out to my three patrons. Thank you, Thomas Mulgrew, Shaka, and Josh Brown. Your support Whoop. is lovely. Um, yeah, this has been the We Love Dad Movies, po- we Love Dad Movies podcast. Um, <laughs> next week, I'm going to be doing a cheeky little Western, I think. I'm going to hope that the, the timings will work out. Uh, I think it's going to be on the original True Grit, uh, which I'm looking forward to be oh. doing. Uh, and then December, it's going to be Shane Black season. I can't wait. I love Shane Black. Do well, you do Lethal Weapon or are you branching out to Nice Guys? Uh, well, definitely doing Last Boy Scout because that's, a, that's an underrated... Oh, what a shout. Yeah. 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 Um, I do want to do Lethal Weapon because those movies like up there with Predator is like being on my Mount Rushmore of, of action movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but like also I watched The Long Kiss Goodnight for the first time last year, nice. which is like so good that more people I get that confused watch. with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang which I think is also that Shane is Black. also Shane Black right yeah a lot of kids and then there's the there's also like old noir movies like The Long Goodbye and then The mm. and then the Long Good Friday a lot of long movies with long <laughs> in the title yeah yeah, yeah. they had a lot of time to, yeah. to pass definitely definitely Last Boy Scout uh, maybe put up a poll see what else on the Shane Black catalogue people are interested in watching but yeah this has been the Wheel of Dad Movies podcast thank you to Scott <laughs> <laughs> this is how I end all of my podcasts. I just sort of eventually just say, "What do I say at the yeah. end of this?" And it's like, "I don't know what culture gaming." Ah, whatever. Thank you'll, you. You'll be back to Scott Telford. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. It's been a genuine pleasure it's, every single. You're second welcome anytime. And then the next time you're on, I'll talk about a movie that I really love. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do U.S. Marshals if you haven't done it. Oh, I'll happily yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. I'll happily do both the Fugitive and U.S. Marshals with you if that's the, if that's what you want to go for. Uh, yeah, man, definitely. That sounds good. Brill, lovely. Oh, we're making plans. <laughs> the little plans. Making plans. Of the... yeah, right. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.